This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for joining me. One topic that I have not discussed yet is the ancient art of Ayurveda. I am so excited to talk about that today. And joining me this week is Dr. Shivani Gupta, Ayurvedic practitioner and entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So since I have never discussed Ayurveda on the show before, I thought we could start by telling all the this, all listeners, what is Ayurvedic medicine or healing and or the art of Ayurveda? So Ayurveda is an ancient system of medicine from India that's over 5,000 years old. And just like in China and East East Asia, they had, you know, Chinese herbal medicine, acupuncture in their ancient systems. In India, we had ours. And Ayurveda covers detoxification, how to eat, a diet that's called the sattvic diet. We cover gut health. And Ayurveda is really this original science that showed us how to live, how to bring body, mind, and spirit into alignment to truly live a preventive lifestyle that keeps us toxin-free, healthy, with our gut moving so that we can have immunity and the vibrant health that we want. So I love Ayurveda because it gives us this way of life when in modern day times we're seeing so much sickness and disease, literally this is a prescription for how not to get to that point. So basically it really is the art of living where the body, mind, and spirit kind of work well together. So kind of like what we discuss, you know, as, um, you know, alternative health practitioners where we need all three systems to kind of work together in order for us to be optimally healthy. So when it comes to the art of Ayurveda, because I do believe that it is like an art form, how do we start? I have never seen a practitioner. So what would, I, what would my first session be like? Sure. So when I sit down with a client in advance, I send them a history because I want to understand their health history. And I send them a dosha quiz. The dosha is our individual mind-body constitution. And we're going to dive into it because it's such a fun topic. But once I understand someone's constitution, then I can understand how to guide them on their path of health. Oftentimes, it's a dosha imbalance that's causing a lot of the trouble that people feel. And if it's not that, then we're already going to dive into, okay, what is the issue? Let's figure out based on your dosha how you're going to approach fixing this issue, whether it's you know IBS or it's a lot of gut issues or headaches or a lot of people come because of autoimmune type symptoms, joint pain and things like that. And what I tell a lot of people is, look, we think that these symptoms are aging. It's not aging. It's just us not choosing to get into our lifestyle and health in the way that we need to prevent this premature aging that's happening where everyone's like, oh, I'm just tired. I'm just lethargic, headaches, stomach never likes anything I eat. I guess this is just aging. And my message to everyone is no, we could actually bypass that. That's my goal is how do I build vibrant health? And so the doshas from Ayurveda are this whole system that combines the energies and elements of nature. And so what we have there is vata, pitta, and kapha. People here in the West pronounce them vata, pitta, and kapha. But these three doshas or energy makeups define us. And so a vata person has the energy elements of air and ether. This person tends to be light and airy. Their mind is always in motion, kind of like a tornado or like wind, always in motion. This person tends to be thin-boned, thin body. Um, and so they have their own health struggles, poor sleep, tendency towards anxiety, tendency towards not finishing what they start. And so Vata has their own prescription of what we recommend to get them grounded and centered and aligned so they can be their healthiest. 
Then you have pitta people. Pitta's in the middle. This is medium body, reddish skin, reddish hair, premature graying. And a pitta person tends to have like this fire for life because their primary element is fire with some water. And so a pitta person is going to be an ambitious go-getter. But the words that also define them are every word that is involved with a volcano. They're explosive. They erupt. They, they are like a volcanic eruption on their family and friends if they're hangry or hungry or, or overheated. <laughs> and then finally, you have gaffa. Gaffa is this earth plus water energy. This person is big boned, stronger, of the earth, curly hair, curly round features, they are someone who's loyal. They're one thing at a time. And Guffa people sometimes can be frustrated because in this day and age where life is moving so fast and it's 100 miles a minute, they feel left behind. And so we have a different prescription for the Guffa to stay in motion and whole and centered and happy with the traits that are beautiful about them as well. So the doshas in a nutshell is that. It's like this, this personality quiz you can take, and I have one on my website, understand yourself better. And then once you understand yourself better, you can manage yourself better because you understand your own pitfalls and can almost pre-manage yourself before you have issues. So I listened to you and I thought, okay, which one am I? Is it possible to be kind of like overlapping in like a Venn diagram kind of scenario? Because I feel like I'm more Vata, but I have a little bit of Pitta in me. Um, and so does that change your protocols and is it common for us or for you to diagnose people as having like a little bit of a combination? Yes. So everyone has a primary dosha and a secondary dosha. There's a very few select people who are three doshic who are balanced in all three. That's a rarity that they're balanced. Even though they're balanced, they can still have like a mind that's more vata and a body that's more pitta and a some aspects that are more kapha. So it's fascinating to understand which aspect of you is which dosha, and then that helps you manage yourself. For example, I'm a pitta. And as a pitta girl, I can really get really angry and frustrated if I'm not managing my food and hydration on time. So a lot of times I have to check in with myself. And I've created this habit called tea time is me time where every day, five times a day, I pause and have tea. And I can tell by three or four o'clock if I am dehydrated and hungry, I am not going to be the best mom. And so I just stop, take care of myself, soothe myself, and then embark on the rest of the day and have a much better day because of it. We are all, every single one of us is striving to create some sort of balance. And yet it's the hardest thing to do in our lives because our lives really are very dynamic, very busy. When it comes to the three doshas, can you really help to achieve that? Like, does it require supplementation? Does it require meditation? So like once you have, once you know what your dosha is, what would be the next steps? For example, for me, the prescription and your podcast is wellness pre prescription. That prescription for wellness is really understanding your dosha, understanding where in your life is it impacting you negatively or where in your life is it a great thing? Like Vata has a lot of power because Vata is a creative person. They're always coming up with ideas. So sometimes you have to help that person align their career and support them to pursue their hobbies and passions because their innate nature is that. Like I, I have a Vata mind. So I'm always going to have a hobby that I'm so into. And like first it was geode art and right now it's photography. So sometimes we have to support that creative fire while also balancing the aspects of that dosha that aren't supportive. So my prescription to a vata person is grounding foods, 
You have to put yourself on a schedule. You have to eat three meals a day, which goes a lot against the nature of a vata. It sounds easy, but you literally grate against their nature because a vata person could live their life just having like a little green juice and a snack and some vegetables. And so I teach them have half an avocado with each meal or a handful of nuts or healthy fat, like ground yourself into the earth. And within a few weeks, all of a sudden their whole perspective shifts, their health shifts, their digestion shifts. So usually the prescription is let's fix your sleep. I like to optimize everyone's sleep. I like to optimize their gut health because Ayurveda is like the king and queen of gut health. It's what we're always obsessed with is what do you need to oiliate the gut, support the gut, fix that leaky gut. Then I work on something called mindful medicine chest. And I have like a six week program where I teach these things. But in this, in the mindful medicine chest, it's what are the herbs and teas and tinctures that we can make on a daily basis that can kind of support that rhythm of health that we want. Then we teach how to eat because in Ayurveda, we have a lot of rules around how to eat as opposed to what to eat. You have some freedom in what you eat, but how you eat it impacts how you receive it and how the body absorbs it. And then finally, we teach a lot about circadian rhythm. I teach about walk in nature, move in nature, walk twice a day in nature. The more we align to nature's rhythm, the more the body is supported to be in homeostasis and in that natural balance of health that we want. So that's typically from Ayurveda, like the the toolkit that I teach from. And then finally, after that would be detoxing. We want everyone to do annual detoxes. If you can't do a big annual one, let's do seasonal detoxing. So we have to clean and clear at the system. As you're talking, I'm listening to you. And I think because of my history and what I do, I understand the concept of balance and I'm always trying to work towards it. So intuitively, I actually understand my body. So I understand that if I'm not eating enough fats during the day, and if I'm not eating enough food during the day, I am not functioning. Thank goodness I don't have an issue with sleep. But it's so true, and I'm a testament to this, that if I'm not in nature, um, I am not happy. If we stop and think that intuitively our body will tell us what our dosha is, we just need the Ayurveda to help us understand that. And finding that, you know, that balance. But the detoxing is where I feel like a lot of us are lacking. It's easy to create, try to create balance, but the detoxing is important. So let's talk about detox and what that would look like. There's a few ways to detox. You know, in Ayurveda, we teach something called panchakarma. And panchakarma means taking three weeks, two to three weeks, preferably the three, and really immersing yourself in a full detox. And we do things like enemas and colonics and gel nethi, cleaning the nasal passages. Like I've done this in India and it's intense. It's very involved. Here in the West, you can go to an Ayurvedic center and they can do this through treatments and managing you without being so invasive. Um, When I detox people, I like to ask them if you can please fit in more infrared sauna, more lymphatic massage, like use the tools that we do have available to us and really get that system moving. But the point of the detox is over time, we have this accumulation of toxins. We're living in modern day society. It's just inevitable between the water and the food and the air and the EMFs and, and so many other factors. The toxic burden on the body is too much for the body to clear. So that accumulation, we have ways to do it daily, but if we can do an annual detox, we'll really clean and clear the system. It's like that oil change that your car needs. And then you get to keep vibrant health. <laughs> and to not do it just means you're calcul- you're accumulating. And then as we approach our 40s, 50s, 60s, at least with women's health, we're seeing so many women say, perimenopause is kicking my butt. Menopause is horrible. And mm-hmm. in Ayurveda, we look at that as an accumulation of toxins. 
of how can we really support the body going into the older years or as we age, it's clearing inflammation, clearing the lymphatic system and supporting the system. And so what I like from Ayurveda is we actually have a lot of tools for daily detox. We have sleep optimization. If you sleep from 10 to 2, that alone is an opportunity for the body to detox and clear the glymphatic system, which can hold up to three pounds of waste per year and clear the lymphatic system. And so it's so important just to sleep well. If we're all sleeping past midnight, we're cutting that opportunity in half of the body to detox. Then we have things like tongue scraping from Ayurveda, using a copper tongue scraper. It gently massages all the organs of the body because all the organs of the body that are reflected on the feet in reflexology, according to Ayurveda, are still reflected on the tongue as well. And so by clearing that, that ama or that toxin or that white film that tends to be on a lot of our tongues, we're detoxing the body gently in the morning. And then we also teach simple tricks like ginger lemon tea in the morning or hot water with lemon before a meal will kick up your stomach's ability to digest the food. And that alone is a detox support as well because you're supporting that process for the body. I love that. And I, I, I'm, I, um, I do see the benefits of doing all that. What about is oil pulling? I'm not sure if that's the correct term. Is that an Ayurvedic uh, detoxification yes, process? Yeah, so we teach oil pulling. We teach that in the morning, wake up, touch the ground, touch your forehead, and just say thank you for having another day and set your intention for the day. So my word is usually peace. I'm usually, can I please just have peace today? And then I go about my day, brush my teeth, use a tongue scraper, seven to 14 times gently on the tongue. We like copper because it's an antibacterial material. It's going to stay clean. You just rinse it mm -hmm. and it'll last you forever. Then after that, oil pulling just means taking coconut oil. We love sesame oil the most in Ayurveda, but taking that oil about two tablespoons worth, putting it in the mouth and holding it there. Most people think this sounds so gross, but once you've done it once, you'll realize it's not a big mm -hmm. deal. And this self-care hack is awesome because you can actually do a lot of things while doing this one. It's a multitasking self-care habit. So I could put that oil in my mouth and go heat my morning tea. I can walk around and make my bed. Like you can shower, like you can get more of your morning done while you're doing this habit than you think. You just can't talk to anybody. And then in the end, just make sure <laughs> that you spit it out in a trash can, not in your sink, your toilet, or your shower because you will clog your house pipes. We use a lot of oil in Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. We do dry brushing. We do full upyung massage to the body. So it's just about being cognizant about how much oil we're putting into our pipes. I love that idea. And um, I, I've tried it and I feel like it really does work. It actually does give you a few minutes to yourself to really focus on your body and like pulling all that, you know, toxin and negativity. And it's a great way to start the day. So I love that concept. When we come back, more on the art of Ayurveda. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Connect with us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Dr. Gupta and I were discussing the healing benefits of Ayurveda. It is an ancient healing modality that can be used to heal the body, the mind, and the spirit. I love this. Body, mind, spirit, mind, body, spirit. It doesn't matter which order. I believe that that is the essence of living a full and vital life. And we all want energy. We all want to 
age gracefully. I like to use the word mature because I do believe it's a level of maturity. And when it comes to Ayurveda or, come, or healing in general, how does Ayurveda help improve immunity? Because of its massive focus on gut health has always taught about immunity. It's only in modern day times that we acknowledge that 80% of the gut, 80% of the immune system resides alongside the gut microbiome. Ayurveda always said, if you focus on gut health as the key to all health, if you manage that digestive fire within you, then you have managed your immune system and everything else. And so some of our tips for gut health are, don't drink water within 30 minutes of a meal before or after. Don't drink ice water, iced tea, any of these icy drinks within 30 minutes of a meal before or after. And that's a huge deal because whenever we sit down to a restaurant, there's always ice water served. And so I always look at them and I'm like, no, 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 please, water, no ice. And can I have a hot water with lemon? And they're like, okay, they don't mind. Everyone else, I say, please light on ice <laughs> just to reduce the ice that everyone else is drinking in their water. No one wants room temp around me, but I, I'm still working towards that goal. Um, but yeah, that's a simple <laughs> one we can do. And that is lifelong. Once we start that once and realize, hey, let me do all my hydration away from my meals. It takes discipline because a lot of times the moment we think about eating, we think about drinking. And so that's a habit that I encourage everyone to break is you want all the stomach acids and enzymes that are being released for digesting your food to just focus on the food. You don't want them diluted and flooded by all this beverage that you're going to drink around it. Now, when we go out for drinks with alcohol and stuff, I know that that's a different ballgame, but every other meal, we could focus on this. And then another simple habit is really igniting that fire. So like I said, ginger lemon tea in the morning will ignite the digestive fire, open up that campfire for the day and say, okay, let's get started for the day. And so I really do imagine it to be a campfire that every morning I turn it on. I have those meals that I'm going to have. And in Ayurveda, we teach intermittent fasting as well. So you can use teas and these different tinctures and herbs to kind of push your start time to 10 or 11 if you'd like. Um, we teach that having lunch in the middle of the day between that same 10 and 2 clock, 10 to 2 on the clock is fit that time of day. So that's when you have fire. You have the digestive fire to absorb everything you eat. So the biggest meal is supposed to be then, and that's when you're going to absorb the most nutrients out of your food. So if you want to eat superfoods and things that are good for you, that's actually the best time of day to do it. And then going into the evening, we teach to finish dinner by 7. So it's three hours before your bedtime, and then you wind down into bed. And this is gut health. To support the gut is to manage when you're eating, manage how you're eating it, cut it off at certain times. So now the gut can do its job, clean and clear all the toxins out and be complete. And then when you go to bed at 10, instead of trying to work on your food, your pitta clock is now going to work on lymphatic clearing, inflammation clearing, and all of that. So we teach a lot about rhythm, circadian rhythm, diet, food, timing. And once you build the rhythm, you feel so good. So a lot of people, once they work with me, they're like, I have a little Shivani on my shoulder and she tells me to do more self-care. They're like, <laughs> literally, I hear your voice say tea time is me time. And um, they also say that when they fall off the rhythm, it feels so crappy that they want to jump back in and they know how. And so that's the goal is just to build this rhythm that feels so good that you, you crave holding that rhythm. It sounds so uh, easy. I mean, the idea of Ayurvedic healing and medicine, it, can't, it sounds intimidating, uh, but it's actually not that easy because you're just working with your own body. So I absolutely love it and I'm so happy we're able to talk about it. But before the break, you said something that kind of resonated with me 
uh, and the whole perimenopause and the menopause. So when it comes to, first we understand our dosha, then we get our remedies. Do, do things change? Would prescriptions and protocols change based on our age? So for example, if my daughter were to see you uh, compared to me seeing you in the perimenopause stage, would things be different and would they change for me from year to year or decade to decade? You know, they do change and I'm 43. So I just hit perimenopause and it was quite a shock because I was like, wait, I have to change my approach to my health and how I manage myself. That's so unfair because I love the way I was managing it for 20 years. I was doing the same thing and it always worked. And all of a sudden I was thrown for a loop and now I just caught my rhythm again. And my body is exactly where I want it to be. And I'm like, yes, everything I teach works. I had to reprove it to myself because it's a shift. And I think it's such a shift because we do have those accumulations of toxins over time. So we have to shift the lifestyle and diet. I think we have to invest more time in self-care in this new phase than ever. I think we have to detox more gently every day. We have to bring more consciousness to stress. So that cortisol high that so many of us are dealing with, we have to tone down in the workouts. Like I had to give up my HIIT workouts, which was really a big shift to me, um, and walk a lot more. So it's almost like I have to triple down within Ayurvedic self-care toolkits just to maintain basic good health, which is, it's so fascinating before I could get away with doing like 20, 30% of the time. And now we're moving into 50 to 60% of the time, keeping, um, keeping strict to doing the things that I know will keep me healthy. And so I think that's the shift that happens and, and we underestimate it. I think in my twenties and thirties, I didn't realize I could, I could be such a punk and do anything. And now all of a sudden it's like, no, if you would like to maintain this vibrant health, it's going to take some work. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, it is, it is a commitment. Um, but I do think that like following some, you know, following the Ayurvedic mentality and the folk, I think will help because I like that you said that it doesn't have to, perimenopause doesn't have to be inundating and scary. We can just work with our bodies and, you know, make a transition. Now, when it comes to food, you know, we all love to eat and there are certain things that we really like to focus on. So I have two questions. The I'll start with my first question about what, you know, we're all about superfoods these days. We all want to consume those superfoods. What are the top Ayurvedic superfoods that we should be consuming daily? So it's funny here in the West, our superfoods are like salmon and spinach and blueberries. And then we get into like goji berries and chia seeds and all, all, all these foods, seaweed. Um, and I, I really am a big fan of superfoods because I, I want to feel healthy and vibrant. I also want to bypass all the chronic disease that's part of my family history. That's been a big focus of mine since I was a kid. Um, but as I dove into Ayurveda's toolkit, and when I was doing my master's in Ayurvedic sciences, I was sitting in an herbology class and learned about turmeric and ginger and cumin seeds and cilantro. And I laughed because as an Indian, that's what we eat. Like that's mm -hmm. part of our daily dinner. Those spices go into our foods. And so eventually that led me to doing my PhD on turmeric because I realized turmeric is just such a powerhouse. Like it is the superfood of all superfoods. It does everything that all those superfoods does, that all those other superfoods do, but it does so in such a powerful and potent manner that to me, it's like my one-stop shop. I can just win by taking turmeric and I don't have to do much else. And I'm all about efficiency because there's so much going on. I've got young kids. There's only so much time in the day. 
Um, so I do have a variety, like I believe in nutrient density, the foods we eat should have nutrient density to them, which means don't just eat a potato chip when you could eat sweet potatoes with, you know, sea salt, like you can make the same food in a healthy, nutritious, wholesome way. And then I very much believe in nutrient variety. So eating seasonally, eating those superfoods that have so many different varieties of minerals and benefits. But when it comes to most superfoods, they're antioxidant and anti-inflammatory in nature, a lot of them, and they alkalize and they are adaptogenic in a sense. They're supporting the body in some way or another. And to me, turmeric is antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, it's a very powerful anti-aging tool because it supports autophagy, cellular senescence. It stops the shortening of our telomeres, stops amyloid plaques from forming in the brain. So that's why to me, I, the more I study it to present at medical conferences, the more I'm like, turmeric does everything. So those are some of our favorite superfoods. I would say turmeric, ginger, cilantro is very powerful because it's cooling. It's also a detoxer of heavy metals. Cumin seeds are great in our cooking because they support digestion. So we have quite a tool toolkit just within the spices. I love that. And I do love turmeric and I love uh, savory, spicy food. So Indian food is one of our top favorites. And that leads me to my next question. How important is it to eat spicy food? Or should I possibly ask, can we confidently consume spicy foods in our daily diet? You know, that depends on your dosha. So it's interesting because a bit that person is going to crave spice and spice is not actually the best for them because they tend to run overheated. And it's funny, I have quite a strong palate for spice. So everything I eat has crushed red pepper, black pepper, and hot sauce on it. And then I laugh at myself because I'm like, I'm so hot. It's such a hot day. Like, you're a bit that you know you can't run like this where breakfast, lunch, and dinner is covered in hot sauce. Um, then you're going to have to hydrate more. So I'm constantly working on the hydration with electrolytes or the coconut water to balance that. But guffa spices are great. Like, ignite that fire in the guffa. Get that guffa body in motion and energized. Vata is fine with spices. I don't know that they're always the most tolerant to it because they have this irregular digestion sometimes. Um, but if a vata person can handle spices, it's fine for them. But you can have food that has spices without being spicy. And so we add a lot of spice to our foods. We have cumin, hing, we have like this mango powder, gutta masala even is not that spicy. Um, you just have to limit that crushed red pepper or that paprika that we use, that red chili powder. So you can have beautiful spices for the benefit without the hot. I absolutely am so happy to hear that because I, I assume that I'm a vata person and I love spicy food. Now, you have uh, a special discount code to offer all of our listeners. Um, so tell us what the discount code is. Let us know how we can reach you if we're interested in learning more about you. And I cannot thank you enough for joining me today because that was so enlightening. And I'm so happy that I am can eat spicy food. So <laughs> go for it. Yes. So my website is shivanigupta.com. It's my name, S-H-I-V-A-N-I-G-U-P-T-A. And I'm on Instagram as at dr.shivanigupta. So you can find all my website resources, dosha quiz, my podcast, Seven Day Inflammation Challenge. Everything I make is there. And then my supplement company is Fusionary Formulas. So F-U-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y Formulas. And I made you the code The Wellness Prescription, which will give your listeners 15% off on their first order. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. 
And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website, ClaudiaMacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you. 